This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Fox fans, how are we? Oh, becoming a bit boring, this, isn't it? 
I mean, you know, I don't mind talking about wins, but, you know, Wembley again, 1-0 again, you know, what can I say? I mean, please let, give me a chance. I keep updating this. I mean, you know, all the trophies we've won just recently. Am I going over the top a little bit? I don't know. I don't think so. 1-0 over the Manchester City, and I think it was a good game. Were you there? Pop in, let me know your comments. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. We are live on Twitter at Leicester TID, in Facebook on the Leicester Till I Die group. And if you are watching on YouTube, please, please do give us a subscribe. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. If you're not watching on YouTube, get over there, subscribe. We are so, so close um, to hitting our first uh, thousand followers. So that would be absolutely fantastic. So give us give us a bit of a, a sub on YouTube. Tweak me buttons. You know I like my buttons being tweaked. Matthew, good evening, sir. Uh, didn't see you yesterday. <laughs> to be honest, I was there. I was in the crowd. <laughs> Did you, you not see me streak across the pitch? <laughs> uh, uh, Ankit, good evening to you. Congratulations to a Chelsea fan. Thank you very much, sir. Good uh, mention again. I'm in my busy FA. FA Cup final. It's old hat. We're just going to remind people about the Community Shield now. <laughs> oh, I like this. Like, it is like the. The English Super Cup, when you think about it, I mean, you know, Brad, I mean, let's be honest, Brad, if we'd lost, it was just a pre-season friendly. If we win, it's a major English trophy. Good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, Chris. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say a major English trophy, but it's always <laughs> it nice. Is, it is when you win it, isn't it? <laughs> no, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, it's, it's always nice to win. Uh, it's like an added bonus over a pre-season friendly for me in the sense that, um, you know, it's something that a lot of us have never seen Leicester win. Yes, Leicester have won it before. They had a good 50-year gap between when we won it uh, and uh, this one. So, you know, it's just something nice to see a club pick up. It's something you check off the uh, football bingo card, you could say. <laughs> it is. So, and I'm sure it's something that... Uh... This uh, gentleman's team would like to do. Tycho, thank you very much for your congratulations. Wish Arsenal could do the same. Mate, it wasn't so long ago when you were. You know, Just give it time. It's been one season. It has been one season. You know, don't forget, the season before last season, you won the FA Cup. So it hasn't been a while. It hasn't been that long. Stick with it. You'll come back. You'll come back. Uh, congratulations from Argentina, Matthias. Thank you very much. Um, we're champions. I think we're champions of England. I do think that does count. I don't I know Brad doesn't agree with me, but you know, to me, you know, in Spain, it's the Super Cup, in a lot of countries, it's the Super Cup. You know, maybe us British are too reserved. To me, I'm going to start calling it the Super Cup now. You know, uh, Madison was absolutely brilliant, according to JB. <laughs> I'm not so sure, not so sure. Um, Madias, again, congratulations, Mons. You're so proud of this team. We are champions again. Munzi, good evening, sir. Man United fan there. You played the City second team. We played the team that they sent down. And I think you'll find, Munzi, that actually their back four cost more than our entire team. So how do you work that out? When their back four cost more than our 11 players and their back four gave us a penalty, hmm, maybe they should have played the first team then. I think they still have lost. Uh, 
Rudy, good evening, sir. How the devil are you? Hope you're staying safe. Um, you have to win the FA Cup of Premier League to even com compete for the Community Shield, so it's a very rare trophy to win. Um, Ankit, just record our loss versus Arsenal in the FA Cup too. I better just remember we're European. Yeah, all right. You, you won a little European trophy, Ankit. You know, we'll, we'll give you that. Uh, Aki isn't good enough. Well... Pep thought he was. Pep thought he was worth a few million, but there we go. So, Brad, 1-0. Um, I thought that, I mean, Munzi did make the point there that, it, it you know, second team, we can only play what, you know, you pitted against. Um, before we actually get onto the players, I certainly thought there was only one set of, cra uh, one set of fans there. Yeah, I mean, it certainly sounded like that when I was watching it. it you know, it it's it was very very noticeable the most noticeable part of it would be when you know they brought on the hundred million dollar man in jack Grealish. you know the booze did they bring didn't make notice that there any, any difference in the play <laughs> well I, you know you notice the difference in the crowd reaction the leicester fans booing him and yeah and the man city fans whispering cheers i guess you could say but they, yeah. they weren't cheering they weren't loudly cheering it um but you know there were some fair points made in that comments and my my retort back to that saying oh they played the second string well that's because, because half the first team is genuinely out or still recovering back from the euros they're not really there jack Grealish. I don't know if it was actually that wise to play him in the Community Shield. I mean, to give him minutes under his belt, I guess, but he's had a pre-season with Villa. I would have been inclined to have given him the start over 20 minutes to try and do something. I wouldn't have put him under the spotlight, but I get why they did it. It was Wembley. It was an occasion. He's, he's in front of the cameras. Um, but, yeah, Man City might come out and say, oh, we only put out a second string. Well, no, you had no choice. And that second string, like you've pointed out, Chris, is, was still full of you know, full of stars. Yeah. They've had the same pre-season. Both teams came into this and, you know, uh, uh, it, this is the first time Pep Guardiola has ever lost back-to-back -back finals. The one in the Champions yeah. League and this one. Pep does not like losing. So try telling him it was only a community shield or a B, mm. a B side. That was the best he had to go on offer. And he, he, he was like Brendan. Brendan was not far off the starting 11, the starting 15 plays is what we're going to see the most of this season. But both sets of fans probably went into the game knowing or having a rough idea what their lineups were going to look like going into it. So, I mean, they, they actually won. They, they'd played three pre-season friendlies going into this Man City, all of them against lower league opposition. Not, to be honest with you, unlike ourselves, um before we, you know, we played Villarreal, but they'd won all three and very comfortably. So again, you know, this second string team, I would probably say, would give Man United a run for the money. And like, like I said, 140 million on four back players worth more than our whole team put together. Uh, we hadn't got our main um, defender in there, and we'll come on to to him later, uh, the, the gentleman that stood in for him. But I just thought that first half. You would, you know, it, it it was so very, very. In fact, I think we ran the first half. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you'd be, you know, struggling to argue saying that Leicester didn't control not just 
the possession of the football, but the football in an attacking sense in its entirety, apart from a free kick. Um, it was well saved by Schmeichel early on. It was well saved. Um, yeah, by Gundogan, you know, that second string player, Gundogan. But it, it was, you know, and it just shows the testament. There was probably more, if you really looked at the depths of it and the expectations of where both teams were preparing for their season, obviously, this is technically a bonus game. This is what you, you know, this is your reward for winning the FA Cup in the league, a bonus pre-season, which is why it gets tagged as being a glorified pre-season trophy. You know, we're not going to change people's opinions with that. But you could see by the lineups that there's probably more pressure on Leicester because Leicester were more ready, if that makes sense. You know, they they they, they were definitely putting out a lineup that you could suggest that could play the first Premier League game of the season. Oh, definitely. And the yeah. same with when the subs came on in the reshape. Whereas Man City were forced to kind of continue the trend of originally it was players away from duty. That's why these youngsters were playing and, and playing every week. And I think I'll, I'll bring it up after this, but I think Leicester and Man City both made the same, the right choice tactically with who they agreed to play, i.e. lower league oppositions. But that's a whole different topic. But I think you could tell again, like I said, the lines up, you could tell that Man City were kind of filling the gap and needing to keep fitnesses up and get as many of their first-team players out on that pitch before next week. And mm. you saw that with the substitutions in the lineups, And that's that That probably... It was good to see Leicester have a strong first half the way they did, because, like I said, they were more expectation that Leicester were going to dominate the game, having more first-team figures available for them. Just, I think, I think JB here is um, actually Madison's agent trying to uh, get a few extra million pounds on his contract. There, uh, I thought Madison ran it to be honest, played lovely balls through to the wings. To be honest with you, and I'm looking if you go onto our website, lestertillidie.com, and click on to last match, you'll see there who our man of the match is, and we'll come up to that later. Uh, we also now, um, the guy that writes the report for me, Brian Langston, he actually rates all the players and uh, for each game, and he'd got sort of Madison as, as, as a seven. Um, yeah, he, he, had a, he had a fair game, but he, he, was, he was far from man of the match. He was far from man of the match, but he also wasn't too far away from it. There was some very good performances that probably overshadowed uh, an all-round good team performance in, in the mm. sense that, you know, I felt, and he's someone that you're going to talk about, so I'll just say his name now, but I actually really thought um, Daniel Amati had a, a sterling job considering everything that's gone on in the last few days. I think he had a really good game. Um the thing is, Man City, for all their talent and for all the possession they had in that second half, apart from Gundogan's free kick, I don't remember Casper having to do too much. No. So, from a Leicester perspective, everything kind of fell into place more in the attacking front. I thought it was very good in the midfield. Indeed, he had. Well, indeed, it was just indeed he won it. I, you know, yeah. I could say it was one of his best games, but. He's probably had better and he probably will have better. Um, but it was just like one or two, maybe three names. Harvey Barnes had a great game. First proper minutes under his belt game uh, in a more competitive style. Played really well, looked lively. The foundations that were laid from that game and, and how it was done, a lot of things were good. And they probably overshadowed players that didn't really do get much or impact much on the attacking front. 
Charlie says there, and Charlie, big up Charlie. I'm on his show tomorrow night, uh, 10 o'clock, I think it is. Um, Man City fan, Dugout Daily TV channel, check it out. He does a lot of uh, non-Man City coverage as well, uh, watch-alongs and championship. Uh, you guys played well. Didn't see you down there, Charlie, by the way. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't looking, but I didn't see you. Uh, you guys played well. You gave us a good test. I'm not really bothered about the result. Congrats. To be honest with you, it's exactly what we would say if we'd lost. Like I said before, you lose, it's a just a pre-season friendly but you know thanks for coming on and you know thanks for for, for the uh the um congratulations there um let's talk about the back four because we lost Fafana obviously bad injury we're not going to see him this season well I well we won't see him this year I wonder whether yes. we'll see him this season or not to be honest with you uh, he's young that's the only thing I think that's in his favour. But they found it was a little bit worse than it was. But you know, when you when you look at that lineup we put out, it was a very strong lineup. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, the the biggest question mark was quite obvious uh, after that sinister tackle in a friendly against Villarreal. Um, meant that the biggest question mark was going to be over whoever was selected to fill the boots for this game because this was, like I said, like, and, and we've pretty much said this since the off, but this was definitely a game where you're you're looking at the players he brings on and the starting eleven as you, your, your biggest indicator of what you're going to see the majority of Leicester use this season. Obviously, yeah. as much as... You know, Amarty's done a decent job when he's been called upon for us. Obviously, there was an obvious name that would be replacing Amarty in, in Fafana. Um, but yeah, the, the, the lineup looked pretty strong. Uh, the defence is probably the issue that's taken a bit of battering. We've got uh, James Justin still out in November. Um, I think, in a way, we're thankful that James Justin's got some chance of definitely being back in training by 2022. Um, he probably got away with a harder break than he could have. It's just unfortunate. The ligament damage, which tells you how bad the tackle was, is um, not pretty. So, unfortunately, we won't see him until at least 2022. But Brendan made it sound fairly confident that he can get him on the field come the end of the season. So that'd be nice. And obviously by that time we'd have James Justin back. So you kind of just got to try and put a positive spin on a very big yeah. negative. Um, there was strong talks and Brendan's already made it abundantly clear that he might go into the window. Yeah. But if that team was to line up against Wolves, I, I'd be fairly confident with what I saw of Daniel Amati to be confident yeah. in him doing the job for the time I being. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, there was a lot of talk before the game would he go to a back three? Uh, I think a lot of people were <laughs> saying, please don't. Uh, there was the, um, would he drop Ndidi into the back four? But then, we, as we've said with Brendan, he's very much conscious of by moving players about, although he will do if he has to, obviously, and it's good yeah. that he's got players, and I think he quite likes players that can play in multi-positions. But what you gain by putting Ndidi in the back four, you lose it. You, know, you lose out from what you lose from him not being in midfield. Um, yeah. Although maybe not with Tamora. Sorry? 
I said maybe not with um, Bakari Samore there. Well, there is that. There is that, but... He had a, blind, he had a blinding impact on the game. I've got to give credit where it's due. The subs, yeah. he, he was yeah. a standout one. But Sorry. Amati, sort of, when I saw him, I thought, oh, okay. But, you know, he is a defender by trade. And I've got to be totally honest with you, fantastic. And if he keeps... It, it reminded me a bit like when Mendy came in last season for, um, for Indeedy. Thinking like, oh god, no, not men. <laughs> and then he absolutely played brilliantly. And if he plays that well for the you know the start of the season, it's one less thing to worry about. And we'll come on after the, your comments on this about who we might be going for. But um, yeah, he, he's, he's given Brendan something <laughs> to think about. Yeah, he definitely has, and um, it, it's very good to see. Um, and this is why I, I, I spoke so well and so highly about how Leicester have handled their preseason, the way they've gone about it, making it about the squad, getting everybody ready. So the effects of the last few seasons with injuries and and, and the, obviously the lockdown uh, happening uh, the season before, and everything that's gone on, I think Brandon's taking the right approach to get absolutely everybody he considers has a potential to play some part in the upcoming season. We've already seen that with um, Kieran Dewsbury Hall. Uh, we've obviously seen it with Mendy last season. We're seeing it with the likes of Daniel and Marty, um, uh, that other youngster that we've seen a few times this season, the, the defender as well. I'm hopeless with their new names. It's only because this preseason is the first time I've really seen them. Um, you, you, you're just seeing that throughout it. It's it's very good. And, and it fills you with that confidence because there was talk that Leicester might go after another central defensive midfielder last season, but then obviously Mendy proved his worth and Brendan felt not necessary. Obviously, I feel the injuries and unfortunately, as much as Mendy has, has done well in that position, someone like uh, Samora, the new guy, who's come in from Bill, um, he's obviously there to reassure that position. So maybe if something drastically does happen, and indeed he is needed to fulfil his centre-back role, which if people don't know about it, he started out as a centre-back. That's why occasionally he's Brennan's played in there. Uh, going back to your point about multiple positions, you might see that he's got more faith in having someone like that sit in front of Indeedy mm -hmm. to help him out with his centre-back duties. Say so good evening to Melina. Thank you for joining us, Melina. I hope your dad is uh, well and improving. Uh, always thinking of him there. Give him our best from everybody here at Leicester Till I Die. Um, very nice to have somebody who's good looking for a change. You know, no disrespect, Brad, on the screen there. And talking of that... Oh, right. Refreshing. refreshing. Talking about having somebody good looking on the stage, on the screen. <laughs> good evening, Craig. Good evening, well, Chris. Good evening, Brad. <laughs> it's like, you know, he said someone good looking's coming out. I'm looking for him. Oh, there he is. There he is. The imposter glasses come off. It's the disguise he wears. That's that's why I didn't recognise you at Wembley yesterday. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was waving furiously at you, mate. You didn't wave back. Well, I know I could it was pick waving, you out. Just not the front hand. Yeah, you were the guy in the uh, blue shirt, weren't you? 
<laughs> exactly. exactly. And the new, have you noticed the new? It came in time. Yeah. It came yeah. an hour before I left the house. How good timing was that? But I was the guy. Somebody said before, was I the guy that ran on for the selfie with Madison? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, tell you what, I'd have, I'd have had a heart attack before I ran down all them stairs. I'll tell you, I wouldn't have made it. Oh, that um, was one of the one of the best things I've seen. That was that was. Uh, I was quite. I was low down behind the goal, so. Um, yeah. So I, I had a really good view of that. It just the, the, they appeared from nowhere, and the fact that yeah. Madison uh, decided to take the shot, you know, take the selfie. No, it was brilliant. So, and uh, I mean, I just the guy is going to get punished. He's going to. Um, there's certain things that I'm not going to talk about behaviour wise because I don't mm. want to give uh, people the, the airtime. But do you know what? He'll be punished. He'll probably be banned from from coming down the King Power. Uh, but mate, you know, I mean, <laughs> I have to say the audacity of it and the fact wow. that Madison joined in and actually exactly. posed for the selfie. What a guy! Oh, it was brilliant. You're going to be eating out on that for the rest of your life. It was uh, you just, doing it at Wembley. Just, I mean, just throw up a few uh, a few questions about the security. To be fair, but. Um... Well, you know, I was going to say that, and, and I apologise to sort of rub this in, Brad, but me and um, me and Craig were there <laughs> yesterday. Uh, I spent, you know, you, you go onto the app, and I had my QR code ready, and my, my son and his uh, girlfriend had done the, you know, the, the test before. Um, we were not asked once, and when I went through security, I had a bag with me that had, like, three zips on it. I opened one zip, he looked inside, and that was it. Yeah. To be fair, Chris, you are a celebrity, so I'm surprised you just didn't get waved through. I do honestly, I did get I did get a user special entrance. I've got to be honest with you, and I've said that line many times, believe me. Um, but, uh, but were you were you sort of searched and checked and asked that to show you uh, your, your health pass? I sort of uh yeah, flashed the health pass at one of the guys who as long as it uh, looked like it was vaguely NHSy, I think if you could have just had an NHS logo on your phone, you'd have probably got through, to be honest. Yeah, it was a little bit lax. And then I don't know which entrance you, you used, uh, Chris, um, but where the majority of fans were being herded uh, for the lower tier was absolutely ridiculous. And... Um, how they how they have not learned from what happened at the Euros is beyond me. Um, there should have been, I think there were 12 turnstiles in that section. They only bothered opening eight. And this was with about 20 minutes to go. The crowd was just ridiculous. I'm, I'm surprised it didn't, you know, work out worse in terms of people surging and pushing forward. Luckily, everybody was in decent spirits. But yes. You know, another 10 minutes. And they'd had decent spirits as well. (laughs) Yeah, another 10 minutes with the same level of crowd and it would have got a little bit ugly because it was just ridiculous the amount of people who were trying to get into one entrance. I mean, you know, if you think if that had been a a, a full full attendance, you know, know, 100% attendance, that that would have been... And I presume it was the same at the other Mm. end, although... There wasn't quite as many Man City fans, of course, trying to get in, but no. um, but there. And, and I just realised that you couldn't see me with the other overlay. That although having said that, that might be an improvement there. You could, <laughs> where you caught that 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 is yeah, that, that's, yeah, leave that there. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll come to Brad with this. Let me just get rid of that. I'll, get, I'll come to Brad with this first because I was just going to ask him this before uh, before you popped up. Um, where where are we? About Amarty. Does it? And Scott asked this. Do you think Amarty seems to play better in a back four as a centre back rather than other positions he's played in? Or I guess does he play better in a back four than a back three? Uh, yeah, I think he does. I think it's quite evident of that he's played uh, a lot of positions for club and country uh, in, in in terms to defending. He's played right back, centre back, central defensive midfielder. He's played in a back three and a back four, and he just looks more comfortable and more at ease. Uh, I think he's one of them that doesn't like a lot of voices around him. And if he's got two or three players around him, sometimes when he's got the ball at his feet, he's a bit hesitant. He doesn't always look up, so he's probably more trying to hear only one one voice around him maybe it just seems to be his way when he's got the ball at his feet that if he's only got one one partner in crime next to him he knows where he is whereas if he's got one either side of him tends to get a bit panicky so he did look a lot more com comfortable in a in a four or maybe it's just man city because he also did play against man city when we beat him by five goals to two so maybe it's just man city he likes playing in defense against i don't know would would you agree there, Craig? I mean, I, you know, he had a, he had an amazing game, and I must admit, I groaned because we, we, we were walking up Wembley Way. Sorry, but I got to keep mentioning this, Brad. As we were walking up Wembley Way, and they announced the team outside, we only heard it from Soyun Chu onwards, so we didn't hear a Marty. And we're thinking, like, oh, hang on, who? who and then when we've realised it was a Marty, you're like, oh, really? He was like, but. I've got to be honest with you, credit where credit's due, he came through. And we've said before, and you've certainly mentioned it, Craig, we just mentioned it before he came on, you know, Brendan is very aware that the other option of bringing Indeedy back, what he might have gained by that, he would have lost in midfield. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because we've got three different perspectives here. I mean, I think you were a lot higher up in the ground, yeah. uh, Chris. I was quite low down, almost watched the game through the net. Uh, and then, Brad, right. I assume you watch it on TV, so you got yeah. a different perspective and all the different replays and angles or whatever. But I, I, I was watching Amati quite uh, closely, to be honest, and he seemed a lot more comfortable. He was His communication with the back four was, was better. He was pointing and talking a lot. Um, he didn't seem to get dragged towards the ball too much, you know, that he has done in the past and pulled out of position. I think Pereira had a great game, so I think that helped. Yeah. Um, all the back four looked um, pretty solid to me, and I, I thought he had a, a really solid game. He didn't he didn't try and do anything that he's not good at, and I think that's when he gets into problems when he tries to overplay or try and be better than he actually is. As I mean, a solid centre half, I think he did a, a great job. And it, you know, with the, with the first couple of games that we've got in the league it probably removes the need to do something quickly. I think that, that it can probably bought Brendan a little bit of time yeah. to assess what he really needs in another centre-half because Amati did as good a job as anybody else stepping in there would have done, I think. Yeah, and he's only 26. Yeah, oh. and we know, and we we spoke about it before, I think you've mentioned it, Brad, you know, that this was a player who, who won a player of the tournament in an African Nations um, probably three seasons ago before he got his bad injury. So he's no mug. Um, and, and maybe maybe it's his time. You know, sometimes we thought Soyuncu and Fafana, to be fair, both of them got thrown in 
at the deep end a little bit quicker than they probably would have liked to have put them in due to other injuries. And maybe, you know, this is a Marty's time to, to show what he's worth. Just send hello to Dan at Turf Morehouse TV. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Again, another great uh, Premier League channel to check out, even if we didn't agree at all about what the best shirts were for next season. Everything I liked, he hated, and, and vice versa. I'm glad at least Burnley fans are putting bets on us to win these games. And uh, that 185 quid you won there, make sure you keep some of it. Uh, for the, to, to treat Brad, uh, Brad uh, Craig and myself for a drink when we come up to Burnley mm-hmm. <laughs> the away game. Um, Ankit says here about the lack of security after the Euros. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just go through some more comments. Um, even more excited. Hearing you guys, I'm even more excited for the Super Cup final. Well, of course, that's the European Super Cup. Like I did say, I don't know if you'll agree with me, Craig, and Brad, Brad, Maybe tongue in cheek, I am a little bit here, but he disagrees that this this to me is the uh, is the English Super Cup because you are putting the two cup winners up against each other. Well, I think so. I mean, we've um, we've been to Wembley twice in the last few months, and we've beaten the Premier League champions and the European champions. So, you know, I think we're in decent company now. Yeah, I think I think we are, Brad. I mean, we're talking about you know what we lose with Indeedy. I've got to mention. You know, where, where, and I got, I'm not sure which Villa player it was. I know it wasn't Grealish, but one of the players that broke through from the you know, it was started off in his own half. My God, indeed, he tracked him back and got a well, he didn't get a tackling, but just put him off so brilliantly uh, with the shot. And I think to me, that was one of the sort of moves of the, the game for Leicester. Are you, are you talking about wait? So you're on about. Indeed, when he trapped back from a yeah. slightly out of breath former Fox, Riyad Mahrez. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention Riyad Mahrez at all. I was going to mention his name, but as you did, as you did. Uh, but it was a great track back, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And it was also credit due to Ricardo, who put us in that situation to begin with. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the ones that are uh, 100% hating Mahrez for their reasons and, and how he was at the club or whatever the reason is for hating him must have felt a bit smug and I have to admit even though I've kind of sat on the fence and tried to see it I'm always one of them that you know I, I, I don't like the way he left the club with his attitude it was kind of smug to see him a little bit out of shape and not able to hold his uh, hold his balance he looked very out of sorts and uh, you know he's just it was just it was it was great to see and again it just shows you know what what workmanship you have because i've seen that incident and i'm sure you guys have seen it many more times than i have and you've seen that incident where a player messes up and and to a degree he ends up being the only one that chases back because the rest of them kind of do that and then they take 20 seconds to turn around as if to go well it's your fault sort it out it was good to see teammates chasing that down at full power, and it worked. He put him off balance. Let's not kid ourselves. Mares one on one with Casper, he's you probably be more favouring him because he spent time putting the ball past him in training. And, and those Casper's, you know, go tos. So does Casper. It would have been interesting to see it, but I'm sure he'd have had a better shot than what he did. It just shows that all that work, it's never give up on a ball because you can chase yes. it and get there. And he, he, he probably set up the last few minutes to think this is where we're going to nick it. 
this yeah. is where this is our best chance to nick it now that's happened Craig, we talked about this point uh, on the preview show, and you just mentioned then Amarty has probably bought Brendan a bit of time. Mm. And again, it shows the squad depth because, again, you know, we're, we're looking at players like Amarty, and okay, with a fully fit squad, he probably wouldn't be a first choice, but. You know, we've got we've got four fronts to play on next season. We've got the League mm. Cup, we've got the FA Cup, and I'm sure we're going to see these sorts of players within, um, you know, starting those, those sort of games. But Vestergaard is a name that sort of has come up. And if anybody's anybody's watching today wants to get a bit of transfer news, Tuesday at seven o'clock, uh, I'm going to be speaking to Rob Tanner, who used to be the old, uh, well, to the old, he'll love me for that, used to be the gentleman who used to be the Leicester Mercury. Leicester City correspondent. He now works for The Athletic, uh, which is a great online publication. I've actually written things for them myself. Um, and he, he's mentioned the Vestergaard link. So I'm still, I'm still fancying a Cahill, to be honest with you, for a season. But what do you think of Vestergaard? Well, I think, I think it's really important that we understand which side these players play on, because I think I'd mentioned Nathan Aki. Um, mm who I don't think it did himself any favours um, for Pep the other day. But it was noticeable that he played on the on the uh, left side of a, of, a, uh, of a pair. And that's not what we need. And, and that playing on the right or a left side is really important. Now, I had the feeling as well that Vestergaard was a left-sided uh, player. Uh, I could be wrong. I mean, he's, he, again, he's solid and he's dangerous in the... Mm in the other box um but whether it whether his time has come you know i think we may have moved on a little bit from a, from a vestigard these days and um yeah so i, I don't know I, as i said i mentioned zuma 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 is being talked about as a make weight in uh, in in the chelsea deal um the lukaku deal um so they're obviously willing to let him go um what the what the price of that is but I don't know. You know, they've they've got the list. They came out and said they'd got the list, and um, and we don't know how far Johnny is away. Uh, it no. could be another another couple of weeks. It could be a month. We don't know. Um, but I definitely think his performance um, uh, bought some time, and it was interesting that he was chosen over Benkovic as well. Um, Benkovic yes. hasn't really impressed me a lot in preseason. I must admit, he looks solid, but he looks a little bit ponderous to me. And a bit slow, uh, and not so much slow over the ground, but slow in thought to sort of realise what danger's on. And uh, and Amati's a little bit sharper in that respect. I mean, he was on the on the bench, Brad. And mm. <laughs> make sure my teeth were in for saying that bench, Brad uh, Benkovic, along with Chowdhury, the two that probably that didn't come on, didn't probably didn't come on along with obviously with with Ward. Uh, I have to agree with Craig, and I never thought I'd hear myself say those words. <laughs> but yeah, I just don't. A lot of people were calling for Benkovic to maybe be given his chance, but I just I think with 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 Brendan having had him at Celtic for two seasons, where he played him week in week out in the Scottish League, he hasn't played him at all in any. Premier League game since he's come down. That to me says it all. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes it just happens. But I think he's definitely a player that if Leicester was to sell, unlike others before, most 
you know, most notably Cromerich, there won't be many Leicester fans that say, oh, well, you didn't give them a chance. The problem is, is unlike others that we've had go on loan, that are our players, notably the youngsters like Dewsbury Hall, Barnes, we all remember his time at West Brom and he came back. Benkovic has struggled with injuries. We've dealt with them. He's got fully fit. He's been out alone and he's been very, very vanilla. And that doesn't, that's, um, it doesn't matter what you were doing at Celtic, what your time was with a manager beforehand. It doesn't matter how well you personally know or rate a player. Brendan's not going to play him. And it's quite clear. You know, if there was any concerns about Amati when you saw him in the lineup, the fact that he's over Benkovic tells you where Benkovic is then, in my opinion. It's the same with what we've been saying about Mendy being probably now back to third choice behind Samora. And indeed, it tells you where Chowdhury's position is going to be. Although we haven't had a chance really. You know, we've seen bit parts of Chowdhury. Um, so that that's kind of where Leicester are. But you would say that the question is, is A, how long is Evans out for? I think that's the biggest question you need to know. And like Craig said, because... Because Amart has done so well in a high calibre game, and the only time I want to see any two Premier League teams playing against each other before a Premier League season is if it's in a community shield game like that, because anything else it baffles me why you'd have it as a purposely organised pre season. Um, he did well, he did really well. Like I said, he, he flashes of how we all fought and how Mendy proved us all wrong last season. It all depends with the transfer. What are Leicester willing to do? Like Craig said, it's given us time because we've now got someone to go, actually, we can rely on him if it's yeah. for three or four weeks. I think Brendan, I don't think he'd go for the loan uh, for the youngsters that's been coming in playing at the back, but I can't see him spending even 15 million on one. I, I think he might try and do what he did with James Justin and other players before, get a youngster from lower down and have hey, someone yeah. that maybe can do the job in a longer stage. would be not a bad shot either. Whacking some straight-up experience. You're very right, yeah. Chris. He, yeah. He's free, so his wages demands don't really become too much of an issue then. Um, you can kind of negotiate a bit more with his, his fees and whatnot. It would be an experienced head. It'd be nice to kind of replace that Morgan Fuchs booth thing that we're kind of maybe missing as well, you know, or something to go alongside Evans in that dressing room. Because let's face it, are you spending money like on Vestergaard, who's going to be expecting to come in more than just be third choice behind, you know, behind that, Craig, don't we? I mean, in fairness, I didn't, and my son made this point driving back up yesterday, and I'm going to come on to your point in a second, Charlie, which is why I put it up there. But just on that point, uh, Brad, Craig, Bertrand, I don't think, I wouldn't, I didn't think Bertrand was going to come in as, as first choice. I thought he was going to be coming in when Thomas wasn't, you know, maybe, maybe a bit sort of too many games sort of thing. But, you know, he started yesterday, Bertrand, and again, had a very good game. Um, yeah, I'm, I I thought he would be first choice, I must admit, because I think, I think Thomas was a bit up and down. Pre-season, he's looked really good, Thomas. Yeah, And he's maybe going to benefit from, one, the experience that Bertrand brings, but two, the competition now that he knows he's going to be learning from him every day in training, mm. um, probably more so than, you know, he, he, he did last season with uh, with Fuchs being there. And Bertrand, you know, his dead ball 
delivery has been fantastic. You notice that you know Madison's basically been kicked off everything but free kicks in front of the posts. Um, and his delivery, and I was really impressed the way with the going back to the Villarreal game and the Fafana injury. It was Ryan Bertrand who was the first player in there having a pop at the guy who did it, you know, which to me shows that he's taken on that leadership role yeah. um, really well, very quickly. And I think he's, he's quickly becoming a really important part of that back four that needs that experience with Fafana coming out. Yeah. Good save or bad miss, Brad, with Amy Vardy? I, I thought it was a Schmeichel-type save. It, it, it was a good save, you know. It, I, you know, it was a good save. It was a very good effort. It was a very good effort. But Vardy did everything right. He shaped his body. That's why the keeper was already going the opposite way. You, it looks for all the world. He was going to wrap his foot around it and try and stick it in the near post. At the last second, Vardy gets a different angle on it across the goalkeeper. Vardy must have made contact with the ball and thought, that's one nil. Thank you very much. I'm happy. It's oh, yeah. It's... Yeah, comes with a stroke of luck, but yeah. you know, being as being as I'm chief and co commander of the goalkeepers committee, but it was if you if you look at it from a neutral point of view, you, you have to be impressed. I mean, we're impressed yeah. by our second choice in Danny Ward as a goalkeeper. I know we said that neither keeper had much to do, but what he did, he did very well. And you know, I I, I suppose Pep's very blessed to have such a whirlpool of money because he made a very good save in in, in that instant. I think if that had been the other way around and Casper had done that, we'd be sat here screaming it was a worldie. You know, you make your body big and, it, yes, it caught his foot and what have you, but, you know, he saved it at the end of the day. Mm. And Craig, as somebody who goes for the lower tier seats, you don't have to go up all the, uh, all the stairs. I was bloody pleased there was uh, escalators there. <laughs> I, I was trying to convert. I said to my son, I went, yeah, there are escalators. He went, no, not in a football ground. <laughs> but uh, thank God there was, because I say I was right up in the uh, in in the crowd. Um, mm. George, and Stephen, thank you for joining us. Um, Georgie, um, congrats yesterday, guys. It was a great day for all us foxes. It certainly won was again uh Craig we're being linked with a few players from Inter Milan uh whether they we don't know how sort of bad their oh, excuse me situation is uh Lawrence makes a very good point here just going on for what we're saying about whether it's Vestergaard or or, or or Cahill we just you know just in need of the season to settle in we cannot afford that we need someone now and that that is true, isn't it? And that that's what Cahill and even Vestergaard, to be honest with you, because both of them would give us that. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, again, you know, I think one of the viewers uh, pointed out that Vestergaard is comfortable on both feet, but is predominantly a left-sided player. Cahill, from my recollection, was more a right-sided player, so that experience would do that. Yeah, I don't think there's any point in bringing someone in that you're going to have to nurture a little bit at this stage because, you know, Fafana's a young player. Um, so when he's back fit, he, he he's going to be that position. You know, yes. it's whether you bring in another Johnny Evans or whether you do go down the other route and bring someone in who's uh, without as much experience. Yeah. I we think they'll be it. looking... I think they'll be looking at an experienced uh, option, to be honest, rather than taking a risk. I don't see the point in spending quite a bit of money on a risk. 
No, and and you know we said before that they were looking for a centre back anyway, mm-hmm. so they might be looking at a long term signing like a Justin plus a a mm-hmm. short term one as well. Uh, Trevor says um, Jimenez is no mug to defend against. Rich, thanks very much for coming in, mate. Cheers. Um, Check Rich Sports out as well. It's a great channel. Plenty mm-hmm. of uh, general football content. Uh, Lawrence Tidley, um, Tidley. I I do apologise. I think I'm I'm I think I'm a bit tiddly here. Lawrence Tidy. Hopefully Justin is back soon because Bertram just seemed to pick up a few injuries. Going back to the performance yesterday, this is what Michael. Um, sorry, Michael Allen. I get everybody's name wrong today. Uh, uh, Gabe, let me just get rid of that that comment there. Brad, uh, teammate, manager, eight, a Marty man of the match. Um, the marks are fairly right. I don't think anyone can really argue with eights all round. Um, we knew the situation. We knew as last fans roughly what we was going to get in regards to um, the starting eleven and, and the substitutes made. Uh, we've become quite accustomed to, especially if anyone's been watching all the friendlies like like. Like I have, um, have seen what Leicester have been doing, and and their numbers have slowly been decreasing in the amount of changes to the first structure of the eleven we have been making. And, and Marty was a standout figure. I think the spotlight from a Leicester's point of view was on whoever took that position, and I think he did it well. He was commanding, and he's probably put a, like Craig said. I think Craig is spot on. I think Brendan's kind of gone. Phew. Thanks, thanks for having me back, Daniel. You've given me a couple of weeks now because, like you said, now they've got that time to bring in somebody like a Cahill, possibly, or someone like that and say, let your experience do the work for two weeks while you get yourself up to match fitness sort of thing and you're here if, we, if you needed. You know, maybe chuck him in the Carabao Cup game when that comes along, just get some minutes from his belt. Or you maybe decide... To bring another, you know, however he decides to go about it, he's still got a player who can rely on for the opening three or four games of the season. Um, I think all around there was quite some brilliant performances. I I have to agree with you as well, Chris, and say if I was looking at for an overall performance, though, I actually say Ryan Bertrand was probably the standout player. Um, we've said it, all three of us have said it, and probably every presenter that's been on this show has probably said it over the last season. Madison needed the weight taken off him, mm-hmm. and having someone like Bertrand who can put in the ball to the quality he has been doing from them distances further out has just been an, an absolute another steal. You know, to get him on a free is already looking like he's worth every money, every penny we paid, and we got the kind of free, you know what I mean? It's like. He had a very good game. For me, I would say Marty is a fair shout for man of the match. But personally, for someone who probably went under the radar and we didn't expect or think that, oh, hold on, he actually can take a few set pieces for Southampton because of James Prowse being their main set piece taker, that we didn't really get. We actually got more money for for free in, in values of what he's actually able to do on the pitch. I, I yeah. would have given the man of the match to Ryan Bertrand. Yeah. Um, I think that but... I think that's a yes there from Brad. I think, <laughs> if we shorten that down, I think that was a yes. He, he agreed with it. Uh, Craig, 
Greg, this, this, this is something new now we're doing. I say if you go on to our website, lestertillidie.com, and go under last match, um, match reporter there, um, uh, Brian Langston, who does a great – he looks at the match from a fan's point of view. Um, but uh, if we have, we have a look there, how he's graded the players. I mean, Amati is given a nine. He actually agrees with uh, Alan. Uh, Soyun Chu um, in – Vieira, Barnes, and Daka got a got a eight, a few sevens, and then a few sixes down at the bottom. A couple of subs got a six, which is probably about average. But I thought Daka played very well when he came on. He did. I mean, he he, he does. He looks like a Jamie replacement. You know, we we've yet to see the quality of his finishing, other than um, the one that he got against QPR. He was very quickly onto the chance. That um, we got the penalty from. He was quickly there. I thought he was going to go round the keeper, but he was. He got onto that and saw the opportunity very quick and got a good uh, shot away and a, and a really good save. Uh, I agree. The, the keeper played really well. I thought um, Samari is an interesting one for me because um, I think early on against Burton, uh, you know, I don't think he did himself any favours. He, he looked a little bit lost there. But the last couple of games, when he's come on. He looks like Yaya Torre to me. Um, mm. It's just the, the way he, you know, he's a big guy anyway, but he seems to have so much time on the ball and he uses his body really well. There was an, an instance where he had about four players around him in the middle of the park and he still came out with the ball and I think he got the free kick in the end. But he just seems to bring that sort of air of calmness. I'm thinking he's, he's probably... An upgrade on Ibora from that perspective. Someone who <laughs> looks like he's got the the time on the ball um, yes. and won't get shrugged off it. But how Brendan gets all these to gel and fit together, I'm not sure. It's a great problem for him to have. That, but that's why he yeah. earns the big money, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, Brad, that that Sumari, like like Craig said, we we sat there watching him. We're thinking, what the hell? <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, he. he He's a player that came from the French champions, uh, and I believe didn't they win the a cup or something as well? Mm. In doing so, they, they they won that as well. So he he came with a bit of expectation. He came in classic Leicester style, under the radar. No one else came barking for him, or we was picked out the top bunch. We got another great prospect for another great price. It seems he was very very good, and probably. The thing that instantly I noted with him is it, it seems something that he's been working on more with Ndidi. Is I noticed Ndidi seems to be spread out a bit more. He wasn't so central in the community. He seemed to be drifting out to the left a bit. And and I saw that with Samora. He seems to get around quite a bit. He's, you know, like Craig said, he had that fantastic moment where anyone else would have maybe tried to go down and win an easy free kick and not got away with it and or would have been dispossessed and panicked. He just held the ball up got free of it and then they got angry and brought him down. He he does look like 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 the players that you know Chris has compared him uh, Craig's compared him to early days obviously but to adapt to the English game and take it as well as him and Dakar seemingly are taken to it is 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 very promising to see and it was good to see over the course of 90 minutes from yeah, him Chris is the one in the cap by the way. 
yeah, you both named C, so you're going to get it all the time. So, uh, Greg, I mean, is it was it just me? I mean, I was very confused at the at the start because I've in all the build up to it, I've had Manchester City on the left, as I thought Manchester City were the home team, but they were the one in the away strip, and I'm sat there filming what I thought from a distance was lime green shirts, and <laughs> the Dills was actually we're playing in blue. Because I was on the other side, so I had mm. when when the players lined up and won the trophy, they had the backs yeah. to us. But right mm. at the start, I'm thinking, you know, I, I thought we were the other team. I think I think you were you were correct at the start, Chris, and uh, yeah, it was only you. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> but is it, so we we were technically the home team then. Uh, I think we were. We must have been because we got we got to play in yeah. the, in the home colours. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, like you say, maybe in that case it was just me. Um, definite penalty though, Craig. Yeah, it's funny because I didn't really notice it at the time. I just saw Inacho got on the ball and I was looking at Dakar who was steaming in to get on the rebound. But I've seen it back since and uh, yeah, it's a definite penalty. I think, I think Man City weren't really complaining about the fact that it was a penalty. I think they were complaining the fact that the ref played on and gave him an advantage to go on and score, and he missed that advantage. But if that was in the middle of the pitch, that happens all the time. You know, you, you get say, the opportunity to to yeah. play a pass, and if the pass doesn't come off, I don't necessarily agree with it, to be honest, because the advantage should be you have the opportunity to do something, not that you finish it. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure I agree with it, but... I think it was, as I say, anywhere else on the pitch, he would have done exactly the same. So for me, it was a it was a penalty. They got they got two bookings for it. Um, they did. The arguing um, yep. on the actual challenge, but Brad, I mean, surely that's. I mean, everybody was sort of, you know, you you like you moan about the ref and and everything, but you know, in that instance, he did the right thing. You know, we had a chance to score. Let's be honest with you. If Dak had put the ball in the net. And the ref had blown for a penalty, would have all everybody would have been going mad. As I say, I think he, he, he did the right thing. Yeah, and if you actually watch the referee uh, closely, and um, for any cricket fans out there, you'll know exactly what I mean by this. But it was almost like he gave a soft signal, which was originally he pointed to play advantage, but he didn't point it like that, like they normally do. He pointed it originally towards the penalty spot as if to tell them, I've seen what happens. If you take full advantage, you know, if you score from this, I'm going to award you the goal. But it, it, you'll basically get, you know, as if to basically say my decision is a penalty, unless, no, you haven't scored, right, penalty. I'm going to give you the penalty now. It was, yes. it, I don't know, maybe I read too much into it because he seemed to suggest that first mm-hmm. and, and, then, and then the signal to play on. Um, so I think it was something that was always going to be given, and a lot, and even the commentators from my end originally thought, "Oh, he he's really thought about it, and now it's, now he's only given it." One of the commentators actually said, "Well, he did actually seem to play advantage to wait to see how it plays out." And minimise that's the letter of the law. You know, if that had happened to Man City, if that had been, uh, so into bringing someone, uh, bringing one of their players down and give a pen, and, a pen, and then someone has a shot and it's saved, but then the referee pulls it back for a penalty. I wouldn't have been arguing. It wouldn't, you know, it's a letter of the law. It took him down. It was a clumsy one. I mean, Man City just don't like us in their box, you know, because that's four penalties they've given away for us in, <laughs> in three games. So... I agree. I agree. Away, we have to get I a mean. penalty in some form. 
at the penalty, I mean, nobody's going to get that ball off in Acho, were they, uh, Craig? I don't think there was a long queue of people lining up behind him to take it, to be honest. Daka may have done, but um, I think after the fact that he scored one against uh, QPR and the, and the fact that they obviously had all been practising penalties because they knew it was going to go to penalties, there was no extra yeah. time, yeah. Um, that he must have felt confident. And uh, Did you and... feel confident? I wasn't because, of course, he'd, he'd missed one recently, hadn't he? Yeah, I wasn't overly confident, I must admit, but then I never am when any, <laughs> whenever we get a penalty. I, I don't think yeah. I ever feel confident, to be honest. Um, but to be fair, all I ask for of any player, whatever you choose to do, put your foot through it. And he put his foot through it. It wasn't the greatest penalty in the world. Nope. He nope. put enough power be uh, behind it that it got past the keeper, and that's all I want from a penalty. Agree that that Brad. I mean, yes. I mean, the goalkeeper wasn't. I don't know whether he actually got a hand to it or not. He may, he may well have touched it, but he wasn't going to stop it. No, he certainly wasn't. And I think that's been one of the biggest critics. Um, it's funny how things go full circle. I'm sure you guys can remember Iacho happened to take a penalty against Crystal Palace, mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. he, I believe, he hit the bar or it went over. He missed it anyway. Um, he's never really, yeah. That 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 was like everybody's fear last season that that was going to be it. That was it. He wasn't going to find his feet. He, 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 you know, we've seen his confidence suffer so much and have to be rebuilt over his time at Leicester. That it was nice to see, especially after missing against Burton in that little preseason. Yeah, cup. It was probably on his mind to put things right, and it was nice to see him step up confidently. Yeah. Um. Uh, and 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 sticking away, the keeper got a glove to it, but like like you guys have said, yeah, he put his pace on it. wasn't top corner by any means, but mm. um, I'm, I'm always nervous, regardless who takes it. Even Vardy, um, if you're a striker, if you're a penalty taker or a goalkeeper, you tend to see things that others don't. And I could say, I could see him getting a glove on it because yeah. there was power with it. I just I'm not I'm not fond of placement over over laces when it comes to trying to generate mm -hmm. power. Um because obviously he got a glove on it, but it went into the roof yeah. of the net, that's what matters. And Craig, you know, um you gotta give it to the guy, he deserved it. It was against his home teams, you know, his mm -hmm. last team, so it obviously meant a lot to him. Um, and he, he's, he's been storing that up because he's, he's you know, that's the first goal he's got against uh, Man City, mm. and you can't say he didn't deserve it. No, and we, we've, we've seen before, haven't we? He's an emotional guy, uh, yeah. Kalechi is, you know, he's uh, I think over the past 12 months, we've seen a lot more of Kalechi's character, not just. Yeah. Uh, how he plays football, we, we've got the opportunity because he's had the, the number of chances that he's had uh, during last season. We've we've seen his character, and he's been interviewed a lot more. And mm. again, he's one of these guys. It's very very difficult to dislike these days. He is definitely definitely. I think the crowd has warmed to him. Mm. Talking of the crowd, penalties were coming up only a couple of minutes before when, when, when that penalty happened. But of course, we didn't need penalties when this happened.
<laughs> I mean, I'm not going to apologise for playing that. And I'm sorry, I mean, I'm going to apologise to Brad for saying it again. But <coughs> you were at the FA Cup, uh, Craig. I, I couldn't, I didn't get a ticket for the FA Cup. But how great was it to be back? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're almost a little bit spoiled now. Um, yeah. You know, we've been to Wembley twice in the in the last couple of months. And we've, as I say, we, we've beaten the Premier League champions and the European champions. And apparently, I think that's... Uh, Scott was telling me that's the first time that Pep has lost back-to-back uh, finals mm. um, in his career. So I don't think he'll be taking it too well, to be honest, whatever the, the, the trophy <laughs> was. But no, I mean, the great thing is, I think, you, you know, we never knew how, how this game was going to go. And and as Leicester fans, we we tend to err on the side of pessimism. But just a, and just I know they, they had a, a couple of players missing, but we've got a couple of players missing as yep. well. And yep. you know, we we deserve to be where we are at the minute. You know, yes. we're when we're no pushovers, you know, we we deserve to be talked about in that company at the moment, you know, and our, our recent record proves it. We've we've been very close to Champions League on the last couple of occasions. Maybe we yeah. can go one better, I, I don't know, but you know, but we deserve the praise that we're getting, and we are a very, very good Premier League team now. I just want to mention, um, we were talking about Kalecci and how, you know, he um, has, I think, changed people's opinion to him with his interviews and what have you. Mm -hmm. And I think you noticed that at the end of the game, when the final whistle went, he just went up to, you know, in front of the crowd and he knelt down and and did his thing to to the heavens. And I'm thinking, like, I just, he just, I'm, he is, I think, becoming everybody's favourite mm. at the moment, and uh, and he deserves it because you know he, he's he's not had a, a, the best of times here. But Craig mentioned there, Brad, about um, us not getting into the top four, and I've had um, fans of other teams coming on and saying like, "Oh, we bottle it," and you know, thirty-seven out of thirty-eight seasons, two weeks running. But is bottling it not? Uh, you know, if you wanted to you know, describe bottling it, is that not Schultzgar at Man United spending all the money that he spent, not won a trophy, didn't get past the semi-finals to the Europa League, and when he got into a final, they lost that. Is that not bottling it? Is not bottling it Jurgen Klopp taking what is and was, sorry, what was the best side in the world, because he literally in one season won everything that he could to Premier League also runs when they never won a thing. Is that not more bottling it? No, what's more bottling it is being an Arsenal, Chelsea uh, uh, or Tottenham. You can't say we're bottling anything, but we've been consistent in Europe for two seasons running. Check. Mm. We've been winning silverware on a regular basis. Check. If that's bottling it, then fuck it if I know what's being consistent, mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? People can say, oh, you were four for so long. Yeah. Are you playing European football next season? I'm going to be a little bit arrogant, mate. I'm sick of us being the nice guys that sit on the fence and, and try and play both sides. We've played European football. We've won an FA Cup. We've won a Community Shield. We've won the Premier League. Arsenal, Spurs, what you got combined? If if any of your empty, you know, cabinets over the last five or six years have been collecting a bit of dust, we need some proud trophies because ours getting a bit full. <laughs> Have you gone on to the Facebook marketplace and see if we can get some some spare shelving, Brad? <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll we'll even pay for the hurricane fee and just to help them feel a bit better. We'll chuck them a tenner towards it. Compensation. <laughs> I mean, 
I'd forgot, I hadn't realised, Craig, and I'd have probably been more mm. nervous had I realised. I thought it was extra time and then penalties. It would have gone straight to penalties. Yeah. And, um, and I'm never confident with penalties, I've got to be honest with you, but we'd made the substitutions. Uh, mm. There was a lot of youngsters there. It, it would have just been a lottery, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, every penalty shootout is all... Mm. All we were talking about is we wanted it down our end, you know, where there were actually some fans. Um, yeah, yes. So, so um, yeah, I, no, I, I knew it wasn't. I knew it was going to go straight to penalties, but and I think that that would probably would have been our best bet. Um, overall, they still had a few subs that they could have made, but luckily we didn't need it. I mean, talking about that, I've actually got a picture of the. Um, I don't know if this will come up or not, but if I take you know, if I take you out, you can actually see the Manchester City end. A few, a few, a few gaps there. It wasn't far off that, and I think everyone was commenting as they were looking around. But, uh, but yeah, but at the end of the day, we've won it. Um, Monday night, tomorrow night, guys, I'm doing a prediction show. And I think I've got out of the 20 teams uh, in the Premier League, I think I've got about 15 representatives coming on uh, in the show. <laughs> what could go wrong? What could go wrong? And they're, they're going to actually predict where their teams are going to come. So we're not going to have this is a first, this is the second. You know, if there's two people that think their team will finish first, they'll both go into the first slot and we'll see where it is at the end of the season. I know where I'm going to put Leicester next season. Craig, I'll come to you first. After oh, you know, we've seen this, where <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. You know, I, I'm a lot more confident now, having watched the Villarreal game, having watched this game, seen how you know Marty's done. I think we've still got a couple of signings to come. Where do you think? Where do you think we'll finish? I think we're going to finish. Sixth. Really? But, wow. But we'll win the Europa League, so we'll be in the Champions League, so that's fine. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm, I'm going to have a sneaky bet on the Europa League. Talking about the man who, who obviously knows he, he is the soothsayer of uh, football predictions, North Macedonia. <clears throat> um, <laughs> you're never, you're never going to be allowed to forget that, Brad. You know that. You know that. No, I'm just going to, uh, you know, I'd have been, uh, well, you know. Could have said Scotland were going to win a game. I'd have been less, I'd have been more embarrassed. So you know. <laughs> but so um, where, where, would, where do you think we're going to finish next season? And then I'll tell you where I'm going to put us. See, I think I think the the, the squad has got the bug. It's got that silverware bug. It seemed it seemed that the players have seen what it means to fans. You know you. It, it might sound cliche, but I think there was something different about Leicester fans seeing them win a cup competition. It feels a bit more extra worth towards it, you know, a little bit. I know they say, everybody says, oh, I want to win it for the fans, or I want to win it for the club, for that. And, and that. But it just feels a little bit extra when it involves our club. And I'm with you, um, Craig. I'd actually take finishing fifth or sixth and, and seeing Leicester go, right, FA Cup, League Cup, Community Shield, Premier League, complete it, mate. Let's go for a European Cup. And you can only go for what you're in for. I, I, I was very, you know, like last season in the review, the only down plot I had on it was 
was probably going out as early as we did in the Europa League. I'd like to see us push for that. And if it means we come fifth or sixth, guess what? Still more consistent than Arsenal and Spurs have been. So I'd be very happy with that. And like you said, Chris, it gets us that Champions League football who can... No, Craig I mean, said that. Was there a position in all that? What position yeah, did you go fifth, for? Fifth, 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 I'd say fifth again. Consistency keep it going. I mean, the reason, yeah, yeah. The reason I, I took us down to six, I, I, I would have probably said fifth, but I think if we go deep into that Europa League, I think mm. Brendan will end up having to prioritise some games and it, it may see as just... Mm. If, he, if he thinks we've got a chance of winning that and adding a European trophy, then I think he will prioritise that. Unless we've got a realistic chance of getting top four, I think yeah. we'll go for that. I, I think it's if, if, it, if it's the other way around, I'd go third. If it's the other way around and he prioritises the league, I think we could get third. Just yeah. to kind of get to it honest with you, I think I, I was asked this on one of the other channels recently, and I think Brendan, he's you know he's won the FA Cup now. He's he's won uh, the Charity Shield, and whether we agree or not, it, it is still a trophy. Um, there's a bloody big shield to show that it's a trophy. So he's getting a few things, you know, this like, oh, he's never won anything in this country sort of thing. And I think he's going to prioritise Europa, definitely. Um, and obviously, if you win the Europa, you get into the Champions League. So I've actually gone fifth as well. I don't I don't think we'll be top four. And I think uh, we're, all, we're all bottling it here, aren't we? <laughs> Joking aside. Um, I think for me... Um, when you look at what's been, it's almost like, you know, when we won the Premier League, I don't know if you guys will agree with me, but when we won the Premier League, the clubs almost sort of said, that's not going to happen again. And they went out and spent and spent and spent. Um, and it's almost like that now. It's like, well, hang on, Leicester, they're, they're here to stay maybe. They're, you know, it's not just a one-off season where they finished fifth and they'll topple, you know, most of the season in the top four. And they've gone out and look at the money they're spending, 100 million on one player. It'd have been better, you know. I think Pep on last night, yesterday's performance, would have been better buying one of the players from the Leicester City women's team. But you know, it's almost like you know they, they, we can't we can't compete with that. So I think they will stop. I think the top four will be the top four that will always you know has been, has been there for the last two seasons. Unfortunately, quick question to end with here, and it came up earlier, but it is a good a good question. David's asking. Uh, how do you compare the forward threat of the first half with Vardy alongside Barnes and Perez versus Kelechi with Dakar and Albrighton? Come to you first, Craig, on that. Um, for me, I, I see, I've got this feeling that Brendan would like to play more of a 4-3-3 this season um, and just have three, you know, and have two proper wingers because Barnes looks sharp. Um I thought Perez had a decent game, but he's not the equivalent of Barnes. And I think that's why he's been looking for that for that winger. And I still think we need that. Perez does well, but he doesn't affect the game enough. He doesn't get on the ball enough and come and de demand the ball enough for me. Um, you know, I, I could even see him testing out Dakar on a right-hand side. Because that pace in behind, um, it Please wouldn't surprise no. me. Please no. You've had glasses back to loser, haven't you? Yeah. Well, it, it, it won't surprise me because I think he's got it, and and sometimes you know you, you just want to see them on the pitch at the same time, um, and it would be frightening for any defence, I think. But I mean, of the two, I think 
you know, I think I think all Brighton, Vardy and Barnes offers probably a little bit more um, as, as a mix of the two. I think Barnes is nailed on. And I think Vardy at the minute is nailed on as a starter. It's just that right-hand side that's yeah. up for grabs for me. I really, And I'm going to bring you in in a second, Brad, but I really, really, really don't want to see Daka, who was brought in for his goals, stuck on the wing. You know, because... Like I say, Musa never had the chance because he was stuck out there when he was when he was used. And I can always remember the great manager that was Johan Cruyff and the great player when he was managing Barcelona. Garolinica was there, and we all know what Garolinica's strength is, but he's got a bit of speed, so um, he was shoved on the wing by Johan Cruyff. <laughs> Just uh, if he got a striker, we know what we know what Brendan's like. You know, we said this earlier of putting. Play, you know, square pegs in square holes, hopefully. He's a striker. We've got three strikers now. We've got four leagues to go for. Let's hope he's that he uses as a striker. I know, Brad, you're not going to go with the Perez option, but uh... no, I agree with Craig there. We do need to sort that right wing situation out. I think what we saw from Dakar is Brendan's found already seemingly cracked the code on how to get. How do you get Vardy, Daka, and Ineacho on the pitch and give them enough game time that they're going to be expecting? Well, he's found it by creating another system and figuring out how to use it. I noticed throughout the preseason, and it's very predominant in the way he won the penalty for QPR, when he kind of plays as maybe on as a lone striker, which he came on for a bit to replace Vardy for about 10, 15 minutes on the, on his own for, he, seems, he sits very central. And he seems to play the same role he would just without the, without the strike partner. If you look at the way he got about getting a rebound for Iniacho's foul, which which inevitably was given as a penalty, he seems to go very central, look at his options that have got the ball and make a run regardless of what they're doing. He saw his little clever burst to the left to get in front of the QPR defenders to win the penalty. It was very clever. He, he also did it in holding up the ball and somehow getting it to Dewsbury Hall for his goal, again, in the same game against QPR. And when he started on his own, when he came on, he was very central. He was kind of like that, that striker that plays off the front striker role, if that makes sense. Sort of sitting somewhere in between where Madison and Vardy are going to be is where he slotted in. So I don't see why where Brendan would think to put him on the right wing. I understand where you're coming from, Craig. I do see that he's got a good pace, and if you kind of maybe right forward that position i can maybe see it, it, it that, that's what i mean brad that, that, yeah I'm, I'm thinking more of a, the way liverpool do it yeah you know, yeah you, you know salah salah is no by no means a winger or a midfield player but they yeah. play with them and mané very high up so if he was going to do it he'd have to play yeah. in that way and then high up the pitch as a right winger as such no no yeah yeah but like you said, that that would make the sense, and I also think you saw that because instead of instead of trying to fit a formation where it's Vardy and Daka, and then it's you know inadvertently Daka and, and the actual swapping as a strike partner, with consistency in the way we've seen all through preseason in the second half, well at least for one half of football, the majority of it is it was Vardy that sat on the bench and it was Daka and Ineacho who throughout pre-season I've been impressed with how they link up as a two up forward because that's where I really saw uh, especially for the goal where it deflected in and he was right there 
You know, if he's a strike partner and he's too central, he's obviously been given a little bit of leeway to go across, you know, across that box because if he was a very central striker, he wouldn't have even got to the rebound and, it, you know, there'd be no confusion and probably no yellow cards about in the actual penalty. But to see him there shows that he reads the game quite well in, in a front sense. So he can be versatile with that. I do like him. Now, I know, um, and I'm, I'm concerned for the time here because I know Antiques Roadshow is on and... Um, they're actually, I think, I think that the Spurs ground this week, seeing whether uh, they've got anything old they can find in the trophy cabinet. I just want yeah, to leave this, <laughs> leave this last question. I'm going to just come to you on this one, Craig. Um, and I think Matthew's referring here to um, to Manchester City. They bought the league. What I, I I get where people come from when they say this, but you know we look at. Um, the likes of Man City, a hundred million pounds for um, uh, Grealish. It wasn't so long ago we were playing each other in the third tier, so they've been down there with us, you know. And do you not think that clubs, say like Preston, Blackburn, although you know they've, they've obviously been there, but you know the Prestons and, and clubs like that, the West Broms, do they not look at us and think? God, they're buying the success. They're paying forty million pounds for a player here, thirty million, twenty million here. It, it's all about you're not going to do anything without money, are you? You're not. And I think if you're an ambitious club, then every season you're looking to improve. And you can either do it one of two ways: you either buy, or you bring your players through. And I think that. The more often that you're in that top four, top six, then the expectation becomes so great that you can't necessarily wait for your youngsters to come through. You know, you've got to, you've got to bring, you've got to ease them in. Man City have got such a fantastic team. If they look to improve, the only way they can improve it is by getting mm. better players, and the better players come with a price tag. Unfortunately, um, I think it's just the nature of it, uh, and and. As I said, I think I said on a, on a program before, unless they bring in some kind of fantasy football where there's a limit on it, then um, I, I don't see how you change it. You know, financial fair play is supposed to be there. Maybe we need to look more at the Spanish um, system. But they've clearly got a system in there because mm. it stopped them being able to re-sign Messi. So whereas the the French <laughs> seem to be able to get whoever they want and pay them whatever they want. So... I would I would be looking at UEFA to be bringing in some standardised rules across here because you can't have different uh, leagues that are all playing in the same competition in European competition. Then you know, but they've got different rules. It, it, it doesn't seem right. And uh, I did see that, Dan. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, but. I mean, you say Man City are bringing the league, but winning, are buying the league. But if they're looking to improve, then you know they're buying better players and and they come with a price tag. I think, you know, it's the nature of the beast. I don't. Yeah, you know. and I'm going to leave everybody with these thoughts: is that um, Daniel Amati has won more trophies than Harry Kane. <laughs> Luke Thomas has won more trophies than Grealish, Jack Grealish. Um, I'll just leave it at that, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, 
we're back to we're back to football we're back to proper premier league football now uh wolves up next week uh not a bad start um I've got. Are we kick, actually kicking off on Saturday with Wolves, or is it Sunday? Saturday at three pm? Who does Saturday it? at three, bro. That means, we, that means we, can, we, can, we don't have to get our cocoa and nightcaps out for the post match, Brad. No, that makes a nice change, doesn't it? That makes yeah. uh, a nice one. We'll, we'll we'll soon be chucked back into the mix of that, mate. Don't don't get too pumped. No, no, I won't. And, and hey. for, Christ, for Christ's sake, if it's a nil nil game. Or a boring one all game, right, mate? I'm not doing it. Right, we'll just we'll just post the score up and leave out for 40 minutes. It'll be more interesting than talking about it. I can't handle another boring game against Wolves. I, I will I will get a I will get a substitute ready. Craig, <laughs> thank you so much, mate. And Cheers. I will see you on Friday at seven for the preview. Yeah. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Brad. Cheers. Bye, no problem. And Brad, thank you very much. I'll see you probably 5.15, 5.30 for the post-match next Saturday. Yeah, no doubt, mate. No doubt. Cheers. Okay. Thanks to Craig. Thanks to Brad. Um, and thanks to you guys for watching. Uh, don't forget that if you do want to go and watch us um, back, <laughs> and of course you would because, you know, three good-looking guys like this, you know, why wouldn't you want to look at us back? Um YouTube, Lester Till I Die TV, please go and give us a, scru- uh, uh, a sub, a scrub. You can give us a scrub if you want. I'm open to anything. Um, give us a sub. I prefer the sub to the scrub, but, you know, tough times, tough times, any port in a storm. Um, <laughs> please subscribe, Lester Till I Die TV. We're trying to get to the 1,000. We're about 130-odd off, so uh, please Please do that. And if you want to listen to it again while you're doing the washing up or the gardening, that's fine because you can get us on the podcast. We are on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Podcast Addict Anchor, just to name but six. And like I said, this is coming up next week. The Premier League is back and we've got it all covered here on Leicester Till I Die TV. Subscribe. Please do. <laughs> that was an order. That was an order. Thanks for watching. Community Shield winners, FA Cup winners, Premier League winners, League Cup winners. It's got to be the Europa Cup next season, hasn't it? Stay safe, guys. <laughs> see you later. See, well, see, no, see you on Monday for the prediction show. Where does everybody think they'll finish? Find out Monday night at 7. Have a good Sunday. <laughs>
to an end. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you have any questions, suggestions or feedback, head over right now to Twitter and Facebook and like, share and get involved. Join us next time. Podcast Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.